0: We are going live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and I am joined by Seth Winchild. How are you doing this week, Seth? Good. All right. This episode of the Electric Podcast is brought to you by Electrify America. Electrify America now operates the largest public ultra-fast electric vehicle charging network in the U.S., and we're going to have more to say about them later on on the show, so stay tuned for that. Uh, this week we are starting a little bit early as you uh, can uh, can see and uh, we um, because uh, we are in Germany in the Schäfen for the Eurobike show and just ahead of uh, the IAA coming up next week in Munich so we're going to be in Germany for the next two weeks and uh, we're not we don't I'm not sure that the show was going to keep being this hour for the next week too we're going to play it by here but for this week uh, that's uh, that's the best we can do for you guys try to still be a reasonable hour for everyone if you're listening live and uh, yes if you're listening live we're also going to take your questions at the end of the show as usual so you can always uh, put the um, uh, put that in the comment section right now uh, ideally you can do it in all caps so that we can take question and keep lower caps your uh, regular your regular discussion between you guys because I know you like uh, you like to do that um, we we um, we're gonna jump in with uh, with a bunch of reports that we had this morning, uh, based on a company wide call that Elon Musk had with the Tesla employees this week. Um, we had a few sources that uh, let us know what uh, the important information that that came out of the of the call, and uh, we we picked some of the things that are, are we believe are newsworthy. Starting with the twenty five thousand dollars model. Well, <laughs> it keep selling Model Two. That's like the unofficial name of it, but it's it's not. It's probably not going to be the the official name of the of the car. So it's basically the twenty five thousand dollar electric car that, that Tesla has been promising. Uh, it's been uh, it's been linked to the the vehicle that Tesla is developing in China, and uh, but it's also the the car that was made official by Elon during the Tesla Battery Day. Where he said that the new 4680 battery cells, as well as the structural battery pack, uh, enable this new lower price that Tesla like, can achieve on, on a car. So during that company wide Call uh, Elon commenting on the vehicle, commenting, more importantly on the timing of it. I know that recently there was uh, some report that came out of China that was reported a lot in the EV media that said that uh, production was like imminent. Like uh, they said that at the end of the quarter, there's going to be pre-production, uh, leading to production next year. And uh, we reported on that rumor being very skeptical and saying that uh, the timing doesn't look great for that, especially if it, it, it does need the 4680 cells and extremely high volume to make that car viable. It didn't make sense. And sure enough, uh, Elon confirmed to an employee this week that um, the timing is more in 2023, which is still quite fast. Uh, of course, this is still Elon's timing, so take it for what it is. Yeah, he, uh, he commented a few other things too that I thought was very, very interesting. He, he sort of put out there that the car might come without a steering wheel altogether and and pedals either. So uh, he's, he yeah he, he presented it as a questions to to the employees. He said, "Do you want to have this car to come with a steering wheel and pedals?" Kind of like taking the pulse of uh of the employees, but of course, uh at the end of the day, this this is gonna Require Tesla to actually have a through fully self driving system that is that that is re- approved by uh, regulatory bodies in whatever market that they want to launch that in at that time, and uh, that's um, that's easier said than uh, than done. So, but he was clear about that. Apparently on the call, he said that basically the Model Two, for lack of a better word, is going to be extremely reliant on achieving autonomy.
1: So. so, I have a, que- a couple questions about that. It seems like if it doesn't have a steering wheel and pedals, it would have to have full, full um, autopilot or full self driving. Mm. And if it has full self driving, we know that it's not going to cost twenty five thousand dollars. It's going to have, you know, a ten thousand dollars software package ah, in it. That's a good point. So there's then it doesn't exist a twenty five thousand dollar car.
0: Yeah, that is a good point. Because we were thinking about that before when he said, 20, when he mentioned that the price point of $25,000, it was like, all right, this is going to be the base price. And then you're going to have autopilot, you're going to have full self driving, and then it's going to be $30,000, $35,000. Uh that, that was like the general assumption. Right. Uh, because now, if you're talking about a through $25,000 car that is fully autonomous, and doesn't have steering wheel. That means that the only option is is autonomous. So it's gonna be a, a fully autonomous twenty five thousand dollar car. Like that, I feel like that's how he was presenting it to people. Then.
1: Uh, I don't know. It doesn't sound like it was thought through very well. Personally, well, that I'm sure. that might
0: be <laughs> that might be true, uh, but that certainly might be true. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just uh, you just changing my perspective on it. Honestly, it's it, it would be something that we'd love to ask Elon. Uh, however, it's not in the cards right now, so <laughs> we cannot we're gonna have to just deal with what, what information we get from that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you remember a few years ago, back in 2019, Tesla actually unveiled a picture of a car l- looking like a Model Three car without any steering wheels and any pedals. And uh, Elon said at the time that that car was coming within the next two years. Of course, that that never happened. But it's interesting that we now get the timing about that coming in with um, uh, with the model like the I guess it now, now you're making even harder for me to talk about the car because, okay, I don't want to call it the Model, T, a model 2. I was calling it a $25,000 Tesla, but now
1: it might not even be a $25,000 Tesla.
0: Uh, I, I mean, mean I have to
1: believe that. That if they want to have a twenty five thousand dollar car, it's not going to be realistic if it comes in this time frame, for it to not have a steering wheel, or at least some sort of, you know, maybe it'll have a yoke or something. But I kind of feel like it has to have a steering wheel.
0: I he, he was, I mean, he, he hinted at it. Like so, it's not like he said he said that if we have uh, full autonomy by then. The car wouldn't have a steering wheel. That's basically how he he presented it to uh to to the employees. So hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's it, it is a confusing situation to say to say the least. But there was another interesting thing that came out of of that car. He did he did elaborate on the uh, Tesla Cybertruck timing. Of course, we uh, recently reported that. The, but well, f- based on the la- what Elon said on the last call uh, earnings call, he, the way the way Elon presented it is that. The Cybertruck is not going to come until we figured out Model Y production at Gigafactory um, Texas, and it looks quite clear at this point that um, Model Y production at Gigafactory Texas is not going to achieve any kind of volume uh, this year. So it, it would it would mean that the Cybertruck would be pushed to uh, to next year. Um, Tesla never really confirmed that until last week when they updated the. Uh, a pre-order page for it saying that uh, the uh, final configuration are going to be available when production nears in 2022 some people uh, argued that it it wasn't a full confirmation because oh, it might be like new orders in 2022 but we as we reported at the time that makes just no sense whatsoever because if you think that a new order right now or a new pre-order i should say of a cyber truck right now would be delivered in 2022 that's uh Even the most optimistic people would tell you that that's uh, impossible. So now Elon, during the call, confirmed that it's been delayed to 2022, but even uh, specified that it's going to be late 2022, and that's just the start of production. He said the volume production is not going to be until 2023, and even that's going to be likely late in 2023. Um, The way he explained it, apparently, again, I'm I'm relaying information based on employees that were on the call that talked to us. They said that uh, he said that. uh, it, there were so many new technologies in the Cybertruck that are being introduced there that he anticipate a difficult uh, production ramp, and that's why uh, volume production is like not likely to be hit until late 2023. However, uh, he didn't elaborate on what volume production means to him. We know that recently we reported on the Ford Lightning uh, planned production capacity. And the production ramp up was, was kind of slow from 15,000 units the first year to 50,000 units. Uh, Tesla might be a little bit more ambitious on that front. So maybe that volume production is going to be like, a, I don't know, like at least like 2,000 units a week, which would be over a 100,000 units a year. Or so something like that, I would assume.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've been predicting just by the, the speed of the, the factory and, and not seeing any more prototypes around that the... Uh, the cyber truck was going to be delayed. Uh, and we've, we've been predicting this for a while. Um, but now it sounds like no volume production in 2022, it's probably going to be one of those things where they're just getting a few, you know, employee cars out the door before the, uh, the end of the year. So that's, I think that's kind of a downer for, for those optimistic people who thought that Tesla was going to have some buying going soon. Um, how did the stock market react to this? I, I can't imagine it was good.
0: Uh, well, I mean, it's been hard to follow the stock market while we we're in Germany. <laughs> but uh, uh, when when the news came out uh, in the middle of the night, uh, early in the morning, it was down, and I think it, it stayed down during the. Um, it, it stayed down during the opening hours. I, I assume it's still down right now. Uh, yeah, yeah it's I mean, one percent—not too bad. Okay. Yeah, because. Uh, if you look at um, the analysts, the Wall Street analysts that were looking at this situation, a lot of them had planned some Cybertruck capacity, some volume Cybertruck production uh, during that period of time, 2020, 2020, 2023. And now it looks like it's going to be very low in 2022 and relatively low in 2023 through since volume production won't be achieved until later in the year. So it's, it it changes the valuation models of a lot of those, uh, a uh, big time wall street analyst would get paid the big bucks to do uh, the number crunching. Elon also gave us uh, an interesting quote uh, during that uh, during that meeting uh, cuz he couldn't just give us bad news about the cyber truck there has to be some hype He's Elon Musk after all and he said it will be a very special project uh, it it will be like a glitch in the matrix like if neo had a car <laughs> which I thought was a good uh, a good quote, especially since you look at the Cybertruck and it looked like it's CGI. It looked like it shouldn't shouldn't be real. Like it's something uh, something wrong. Just like when, uh, you know, when the, the déjà vu moment in the in the Matrix movies. All right. The uh, the other piece of information that came out of that meeting that I thought was very interesting is Elon made some comments about uh, the situation with deliveries this month and broader comments about the whole uh, end of quarter delivery pushes that Tesla has been. Uh, Having to handle for uh, the, the past, uh, well, I mean, for the past forever, really. And uh, he said that uh, I'm going to read you the quote: "Like this month will be the craziest month for deliveries Tesla will ever have." And there's two interesting parts to this very short quote here: is that it is the craziest month that Tesla will ha- ever had in terms of deliveries to date, but also in the future, he's saying. Um, so. I know that I use that headline that a lot of people were like, hey, like, this is great news. And a lot of people that actually read the article is like, hey, this is actually not so great news. Uh, yeah, you have to read the articles, people. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the headline is accurate. I'm just using his quote here, but you have to understand the context here. Uh, for people who don't know, Tesla is doesn't have the usual... Distribution model, as many other automakers, that sells through uh, dealership. They, they, they sell through all. They own the cars from beginning to end until an actual customer take deliveries and give you the the, the money. Um, this puts a big financial strain on Tesla because the the time in transit. During that time in transit, Tesla has already paid the cost of making the car, and it doesn't have the money until the the, the customer uh, take delivery. Though that's not always true these days, unfortunately, because of uh, a lot of. problems has with their logistics. It creates a situation where the transit time is extremely critical um, to, to, to how they do business. And if they want the quarter to look good, they need to have as few possible, as few vehicles as possible in, in transit at the end of the, of the quarter. And, uh, and, and to do that, to achieve that, what they're doing right now is that they, at their factories, now it's both Fremont and Gigafactory Shanghai, they focus on vehicle to be exported, vehicle to go on longer, longer transit time at early in the quarter, and then uh, the shift production for more local deliveries later on in the quarter so that the the vehicle that are going in longer transit have the time to be delivered by the end of the quarter, and uh, the one on shorter transit, they're the, the going to be delivered uh, quicker. But what it does, though, is that it, it, it pushes a lot more deliveries happening towards the end of the quarter since you're waiting for vehicle in transit and for local markets like North America and for China, uh, for Gigafact Shanghai, the delivery teams are, are having are, are getting their cars later on in the quarter since the factory focused on exportation. Uh, and it creates the famous Tesla delivery waves or delivery pushes, or however you want to, to call them, where the, the the employees just have to go crazy at the end of the quarter to deliver the cars. And there's a lot of pressures on customers to take delivery by the end of the quarter. And uh, it's, uh, it, it's both stressful for the employees and uh, it affects the customer experience for Tesla buyers. So Elon acknowledged that during the call, and he said that Tesla is working hard to fix that. He says it's probably going to fix in Q4, maybe Q1 2022. So in the next few months, there should be some some improvement on that front. Uh, but he made it clear that this quarter is not going to be hit. This quarter is going to be pretty insane. And uh, we assume that is because of what we just explained. And on top of it, Tesla has been having a lot of logistical issues throughout the year, a lot of supply chain issues with a chip shortage, uh, some factory shutdowns because of the chip shortage and just other logistical issues. There's a lot of shortage in, in ports right now, shortage of truck drivers. Uh, and I mean, Haida also, uh, there's been a few natural di- disaster like Haida that has uh, created other issues uh, specifically in in uh, in, uh, in the U.S., so all of those
1: there's no shortage of demand obviously Uh, for Tesla's vehicles they're pretty much sold out to the end of the year and and then into the next year a lot of them Uh, so you know and every car company is having the same issue Um, we were just reading about Ford uh, being three or four months behind and then producing like a third of what they had hoped to for their month so Mm -hmm. uh, not not Tesla alone and, and not even the auto industry alone. Like we're here in uh yeah you know, for Eurobike and most of these bike companies can't find parts to make their bikes. So it's it's kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, that's fair. It's a fair point. But uh Elon made it clear that this month is gonna be the craziest for, for Tesla in terms of delivery. So if you are someone who's taking a delivery of a Tesla in the next few weeks, uh you expect some uh, expect the unexpected. Hmm. All right. So that's pretty much it for uh, news coming out of the company-wide meeting that uh, um, delays for the Cybertruck. The Roadster also had a confirmed delay. This um, Another one uh, this week. Uh, Elon commented on the timeline for the new Roadster, uh, which, of course, was supposed to come out in 2020, uh, but was later delayed to 2021, then 2022. And now what he said is that uh, 2021 has been the year of super crazy supply chain shortage. So it wouldn't matter if we had 17 new product no one would ship um, assuming 2022 is not mega drama the new road search should ship in 2023. So 2023 is the new timeline but it comes with a big if because he's saying assuming 2022 is not mega drama uh, with Tesla with Elon it's a big assumption to make here. So yes, I wouldn't so it's some Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's uh, if that's delayed again. Well, of course i mean what what i'm curious about is especially for two things there's people that actually placed a reservation for that truck the, the testa was asking for what 50,000 and 250,000 uh, dollars deposit for that uh have those people been reimbursed like what, what what's happening on that front uh, if any one of us any information on that please send it to me because uh i'm curious if uh because if I, I, some some people had to have placed a $250 reservation on that vehicle back in 2017 when it was unveiled, being promised that it was going to come in 2023 three years later, which is a big promise to make to start with. But, okay, still, they, they, they do it. It's Tesla, people who's going to do it. But now, when it was delayed in 2021, delayed in 2022, and now delayed to 2023, and that's with a big if, uh, I think Tesla has to be accountable at some point here. <laughs> uh, unless they reimburse people, that, that's going to be better. Uh, but then there's of course the the referral program too, where Tesla Tesla actually and I, like when I when I I'm trying to speak like unbiasedly about this as as possible. I know I'm one of those people that 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 has been promised a free Roadster in in that program, so I'm not trying to like selfishly hey, send me my Roadster here. I'm just if I take myself out of the situation and I look at it. Uh, Tesla used the free Roadster uh, as part of the referral program at a time where it, it sort of needed it. Like Tesla was, was in need of, of, of promotion, in need of like uh, creating some demand, and they, they used that as a way to pump up the demand, which w- they were useful to do it, and maybe, uh, then maybe a little bit too successful because they started having to hang out, uh, hand out a, a lot of them. Uh, I, I don't remember how many... Uh, uh, I feel like eighty or something, eighty of them completely free, and then hundreds more with uh, deep discounts. So uh, they, they realized that oh, we're going a little bit too crazy here, and we need to slow down. But um, but there was some values in what those people did uh, to to create the, the referral. Like it w- it was uh, basically you have to account that uh, it's a, in in those uh, uh, marketing costs. Really, that's that's what it is. And so the the, the marketing costs. Like they they keep deferring them basically that's what they're doing right now on form if we're looking this from an accounting standpoint so this is uh this is also something to to look out for because uh at some point this is gonna have to incur that cost.
1: so we've talked about this in the past, but um if Tesla came to you as a referral um, uh, you know a roadster person and said uh if you want to get rid of one of your referral roadster referrals. And uh, buy a Model X or a Model S Plaid or something else? Would you would you uh, would you trade one of your Roadster referrals for a, a Model S Plaid? At this
0: point yeah. in the RP, because Mike is uh, is. Pretty damn low, so uh, yeah, and 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 I also love the the Mole S. But I mean, I love it in, in theory. I haven't had the chance to to drive it or anything like that. But uh, on paper and on 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 pictures, uh, I feel like it's a it's a it's a great 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 car. So yeah, I, I would I would do that uh even if technically that I would be like uh, forfeiting. Like if I'm really like doing like one for one trade, I uh, I'm forfeiting what a uh, hundred thousand dollars approximately. Uh, cause it's $250,000 car cause it's a funder right. series uh, supposedly that, uh, the referral program, uh, gives. Yeah. I mean, are you suggesting that Tesla should, should, should do that? Like they should offer that. To yes. People?
1: Yes. Uh, because for Tesla, like, you know, the, the people who sold a lot, went out and sold Tesla to all their friends and, and acquaintances, um, they shouldn't really be, well, I mean, obviously we're in, in that group, but you mm-hmm. know, for others as well. Um, I I don't know like if you pose that question to me I don't know if I would get a Model S plaid or wait for like if if the Cybertruck was on the table and you know maybe you mm-hmm. would get one of the earlier ones and you know with the big battery and and everything like that. But don't now it sounds know, like that. the
0: Roadster and the Cybertruck on the basically on the same timeline, basically. Sounds like it. Yeah, twenty twenty three. And the a cyber truck Cybertruck is that? Uh, <laughs> I mean. I, I find like that. I find it hard to believe because if you actually look at it now, you look at the plaid uh, and the Cybertruck plaid. Like they call it a tri motor, but it's basically a plaid. It's It's, yeah. it's the it's a trimotor motor powertrain. It's half the price, uh, which doesn't make much sense to me. But like it, now you would be forfeiting even more value. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean. A Tesla should at least give it a shot. You're right, like uh, because they they don't have much to lose there. Like they they would actually like gain some, like save some money in, in terms of uh, if they ever plan to deliver the Roadster. That is, uh, they would be saving some money. Uh, so anyone that takes the deal, you get you get the plaid sooner, uh, but uh, you lose the difference between the value of the of the Roadster and the, the Mars Plaid.
1: Yeah, Not the bad. under Series was supposed to have. Is the Founder Series Roadster definitely supposed to have the the jet or the rockets or cold? I
0: think that's thrusters? still going to be optional. But okay. uh, the Founder Series was still worth two hundred and fifty thousand dollars versus two hundred thousand for the base uh, Roadster. I think. So, okay. uh, it, I think a fully equipped Model S Plaid is about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, maybe a little bit more than that if you have like the FSD in it and everything. So, you're you're still uh, leaving a lot of money on the table if uh, if you have a free Roadster.
1: And then um, the Roadster, I forget, did they, uh, did Tesla sort of announce that it wasn't going to have the 600 mile range? I feel like Elon said they're never going to have anything over 500 miles or something.
0: Yeah, I did say that they feel like 400 is enough. uh, But uh, yeah, he didn't, uh, I specifically asked him that when he announced that. uh, He he did some comments to us when when he commented on that, but uh, he didn't respond specifically about the Roadster. And that was a good Mm -hmm. question for sure. All right, uh, we got also a quick update on the full self driving beta public release, or wider release, or download button, however you wanna see it. Um, so the, the Tesla started uh, pushing the, the F, uh, talking about pushing the FSD beta version ten instead of the nine point three and nine point four. So the um, now the the ten is still coming next Friday, I believe. And I know, um, oh, oh, uh, isn't it today? No, it's supposed to be no today. a week from today. Uh, uh, wasn't last week a week from today?
1: I'm just confused now. No, no, he said um, next Friday, not this Friday. So he said that this week. He said so, like a couple days ago or whatever. He said not this Friday, next Friday at midnight. Is going to be the beta release, okay, okay. and then two, yeah. and then two weeks from that time. So that was September 10th, Yeah. and then two weeks from that time is September 14th or whatever at midnight. So might as well be September 15th. All right, um, and we we all know that's probably going to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't, don't any money on that, people. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's that's now the latest official timeline for the the wider release. Which again, people only in the US. Uh, For now, if you bought FSD, the FSD package, you would get a download button and then you can download the latest software, uh, uh, FSD beta software, which uh, enables you to basically have a version of autopilot on city street and uh, give an address and it will attempt to drive there autonomously, minus the fact that you still have your hands on the steering wheel, you're still responsible for the car, you still have to pay attention the whole time. So it's not really autonomous, it's like autonomous in in, in, practice practice but in, you have to you know, keep attention all the time and um yeah uh, we got some interesting data about the sticking to the fsd uh, subject here we we got something about fsd take rate so there's been a lot of speculation about that tesla rarely ever commented on on that subject uh, more recently they did comment a little bit saying that like uh, yeah, in, in of course in the U.S. It's higher because Tesla is focusing on that on that market in terms of like the the closer releases of the of the latest software. But then in Europe it's lower because um, well the feature themselves right now under the package are, are not as useful and people know that uh, when that when FSD is going to be released or even if uh, it's going to be a lot later in uh, in that market. And then in Asia, apparently in China, it's like super low. Um, so Tesla... Didn't release numbers on that, but they, they, they gave us like a brief idea. But um, uh, Troy Teslike on Twitter and uh, on Patreon, he uh, he did a survey of seventeen thousand seven hundred twenty six Tesla buyers. So a decent sized survey that should give us a, a a very good idea of the take rate. And uh, it's uh, it, and if anything, I would argue that it's probably uh, if. It, 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 uh if, if there's an issue with the, the data, it would gear towards being a little bit higher than actually his because uh, it's people that uh, uh, are interested enough in Tesla that they would participate in that survey and things like that. So I would keep that in mind. But even with that in mind, it, see, it, it was a little bit lower than I would have anticipated. Uh, so as of the latest data, which is Q2 2021, uh, it was at 11%. And if you look at the chart here, it shows like it, it used to be way higher and then it dropped aggressively. Uh, of course, the the higher 46% here, uh, it can be directly associated. That was in Q2 2019. Uh, that's basically when Tesla uh, started to uh, take autopilot and uh, enhance autopilot features and join them into the full self-driving um, package. So it, Increased the value of the package a lot. I mean, the useful value, I should say. Uh, then what happened is that the actual uh, price of it <laughs> went kept going up, and uh, as it, it went up, the take rate went way down. So thirty six percent, twenty five percent, and opening twenty 2020, twenty, opening twenty twenty one at uh, at thirteen percent, and then dropping to eleven. Most recently. <coughs> uh,
1: so yeah, very interesting stuff. So, so right now when you buy um a new tesla and you get full self-driving with it it's ten thousand dollars so there's no yep. point in buying there's no real point in buying it with your car you might as well wait until the real full self-driving comes out and then buy it at that point i mean you do get um sentry or uh, uh you get the um, remote control thing you get um Smart Summon, uh, you get so, uh, yeah, uh, smart smart summon, aut- automatic lane
0: changes uh, when using autopilot. You get Navigate autopilot. You get a few features that are are right. useful to a degree for for sure. But uh, uh, ten thousand dollars of value—that's obviously extremely arguable. And uh, but but at the same time, uh, my understanding, following this fairly closely, is that this idea that the price will keep going up as the capacity increases is is still in play here uh so i mean even even from that technically once the full release of the beta uh, comes it wouldn't be out of possibility that uh there's a price increase that comes with it so that that would be that would be quite interesting if, if, if it does happen uh, i'm not saying that it will but uh, um, i mean it's hard to imagine People paying more than ten thousand, but uh, you see that now about eleven percent of people buying the car are paying ten thousand. So that's interesting. Uh, Troy also break it down by model three, model Y, uh, S, and X. And uh, unsurprisingly, with the S and X, it's extremely higher at sixty one percent because it's account for a much smaller fraction of the value of the vehicle than for the the uh, Y, which is the second highest and the three. Uh, Something to keep in mind. All right, uh, this is a more of a funny one, and uh, uh, I included it because we did report all the way back in uh, 2019 on the on this story. Which, uh, if you guys remember, there was a mole X that was found on a frozen lake on Lake Champlain in Vermont. It was uh, burned to a script, so like I, as you can see here, basically just a few wheels left and part of the chassis, and that's it. Uh, in the middle of a completely frozen lake, and at the time in 2019, in February 2019, there was absolutely no, no idea what happened. Like we we, we no in a news local news report, there was no report of the owner what, uh, explaining what happened. None of that. The owner was completely silent about it. Didn't come out about it. Um, of course, the leading theory at that time, because of that, was that there was probably some insurance fraud going on. Someone trying to burn the car and either burning of evidence or, or insurance frauds going on. But uh, what we happened this week is that we got our hands on an indictment from the uh, United States Attorney for the District of Vermont. And the indictment explained in part what happened. And the, the interesting part here is that the actual story of the ball X is a smaller part of a much bigger scheme that uh, someone uh, named Michael A. Gonzalez, a 32-year-old man, uh, living in Colchester, Vermont, but I think he's from Florida, uh, is uh allegedly did uh which is to basically exploit Tesla's purchasing process to buy a car, play, pay the well at that time it wasn't a, a non-refundable like fee of a hundred dollars, it was like an actual deposit of twenty five hundred uh, uh pay the deposit then As you take delivery of the car, and and I don't know, like this is not the same everywhere. So apparently, like this worked in Vermont and this worked in Florida for him, but he was able to take delivery of the car without the full payment having been processed. So he would do the the, the full payment, but uh, it would be blocked by the bank before, not before Tesla could realize it and not give him possession of the vehicle, but um, after. So basically, he was getting brand new Tesla vehicle for $2,500 instead of uh, of over 100000 because he was going after Model X, uh, like fully equipped Model X. So he did that twice, buying the car, just paying the deposit and selling it back uh, either through a used dealership or through an uh, individual on the used eBay motors and uh, pocketing the difference, which is a pretty decent uh, payday, uh, if you ask me. Uh, he did it a few times and then he did it with uh, this model X that was found on, on Lake Vermont, uh, Lake Champlain in Vermont, where he uh, he did this scheme. He went to tempa uh, Florida, bought it from Tesla uh, uh, directly for $152,000. He picked it up, but Tesla, Tesla this time was uh, quick enough to realize. It, it, I, I don't know exactly what happened, the details are not in the Enlightenment, but He was able to take delivery of the vehicle, but Tesla didn't give them the title uh, until the payment was processed. And, of course, the payment was never processed. So he managed to get his hands on the vehicle, but not the title. So he couldn't resell it without the title because he didn't have any proof of ownership. So uh, he was stuck with basically what is a stolen vehicle because he doesn't have proof of ownership of the vehicle. He didn't pay for the vehicle, but he's in possession of it for some reason. Uh, So the guy decided to do another scheme instead or Uh, Actually, this is not even an indictment. It looks like he he couldn't prove it. But if you uh, take uh, Gonzalez's account of the story, uh, he went ice fishing with the vehicle on Lake Champlain, which is (laughs) a sight to be seen on its own. Like I've never seen a a $152,000 Model X driving on the lake to go ice fishing. Uh, He said he went on the lake. He started hearing a hissing sound from the vehicle. And uh, then he exited the vehicle. The vehicle caught on fire. And this is what happened. Um, but uh, that's where the story uh, at first was. Uh, but then <laughs> uh, he decided, ballsy the guy is, to uh, make an insurance claim on that on that vehicle. But uh, the, the insurance claim was declined because he was asked to do uh, a declaration under oath in front of uh, uh, how do you call these guys? Insurance people and. Uh, he didn't show up at that uh, uh, at that uh, earring on their hood, so they declined the they declined the the claim. So you can make your own assumption of what really happened with that car. If it really caught, in, caught on fire, catch on fire on his on his own or on its own, or if uh, someone uh, had a hand in it, uh, whether it be Gonzalez or, or somebody else. Uh, but the craziest part of this whole story is that after this, after the car mysteriously captures on fire on the lake uh he was able to do it twice again the whole scheme uh and selling the car uh to uh, buying them for tesla and selling it to uh individuals uh before he was actually um detained last week and uh, and the the indictment was later made public and now he faces uh, five counts of um Five counts of possessing and selling stolen motor vehicle, which uh, you can get up to 10 years for each count. So the guy is in deep doo doo right now. Uh, Kenshin, and I'm very sorry for him, but I am impressed no. as the, the the kind of balls that he had to do that because not the kind of how yeah, think- Like you get caught at some point. Like There's just no way. Like, but he's not like doing it twice or three times. Yeah. Tesla yeah, the, would be on to him at that point. You would think, but the guy found uh, an exploit, and he uh, <laughs> he exploited it.
1: Also, like my biggest question about this whole thing is: how did that not melt the ice? Like those vehicle fires are crazy. Like I think that's what he was thinking.
0: Time? I think that was his idea. Like I think it was idea. was like the car will just catch on fire, and then it will melt into the ice, and then there's no like there's not gonna be they're not gonna be able to figure out what happened to the car. They're not gonna be able to prove that he uh, lit it on fire, uh, and then yeah, the, uh, I mean, not a bad idea uh, apparently the guy's a florida guy he doesn't understand how thick the heist is up north like uh, <laughs> it's pretty hard to uh, melt through that heist yeah
1: yeah i don't see a vermont guy doing that
0: yeah <laughs> uh all right uh before we move to our next stories do we uh want to get a quick note about electrify america
1: yes uh this episode of the electric podcast is brought to you by electrify america thank you for sponsoring us again that's great Electrify America now operates the largest ultra-fast electric vehicle charging network in the United States. And now we have a few recent updates on the network. Electrify America is now coast-to-coast with more than 650 EV charging stations, with new locations opening every week. It now offers ultra-fast charging stations with speeds up to 150 kilowatts and 350 kilowatts for capable vehicles, allowing you to charge up as fast as possible and get back on the road. EA offers new monthly subscription plans with contactless payments through its mobile apps. And with it, you you can save up to 25% on charging. If you're an EV driver and want to learn more about Electrify America and its growing network of charging stations across the U.S., find out what they're up to at electrifyamerica.com. That's electrifyamerica.com. Or hit up the link in the show notes. Thanks again to Electrify America for sponsoring this week's show.
0: All right, we're back live now. Uh, I, I I did the whole uh, Bolt TV on uh, EUV thing as uh, you only for this one, but uh, for for people that are watching live, real quick, we're gonna we, we, we're gonna adjust that. Uh, the uh, The news, uh, if you're still on, is that uh, GM has halted completely production of the Bolt TV Bolt EUV because they they confirmed that the cells that they were getting most recently for the vehicle were also defective. So there's no uh, there's no production of those vehicles going on right now, and they won't be for the foreseeable future until uh, LG can show that they can deliver cells that are not defective. And that's uh, GM's own world uh, own words here.
1: Yeah, it's pretty pretty bad situation there now with, with LG. Like, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine a worse situation for GM. Um, you know, basically every single GM bolt, Chevy bolt out there is susceptible um, to this problem and. Mm-hmm. You know, and then going forward, GM and LG have this big partnership. And I'm sure behind the scenes, it's a circus.
0: Yeah. And uh, they have the whole Ultium coming and everything that's uh, that the, uh, Mary Barra is saying that, oh, this is not going to be affected by that at all. So even though the tone changed from GM towards LG, they, uh, the, apparently it's not affecting the relationship regarding Ultium, which of course raises some questions. But we're going to have to take him on their word on that. Anyway, we we, we kind of knew that the bolt EV, bolt EUV, like it's kind of especially the EUV being a new vehicle, <laughs> uh, having a short like lifespan with uh, the be using older technology, the older powertrain versions. So it's a strange situation. Ford confirmed that uh, they are now have accumulated hundred and thirty thousand reservation for the F one fifty Lightning. So it's uh the latest update on the tally. Uh, Not much more to add on that, but uh, if you want to, like, it depends on the perspective if you think this is a good number or not. Uh, If you look at the the planned production that we discussed just last week, uh, this is basically the first three years of production that they have pre sold. Though it it depends on where the reservation are, I I assume, like, uh, because the first maybe year or two, it's probably just going to be in the US or US and Canada, and I don't know if they open those uh, reservations worldwide. It's uh, it's not clear, but uh, yeah, if you compare it to the Cybertruck, though, of course it's uh, the, the demand is way less, and they both use the same a hundred dollar de- refundable deposit, so the the comparison can be made with the with the same timeline. And I think this was the first day they had over one hundred twenty thousand reservation. But this is the difference in brand power, maybe. But now it's all about who can reach volume production of those vehicles first and actually capture some real uh, diamond, uh, real uh, deliveries. And um, it's anyone's guess at this point, who's going to be first on that front, uh, especially with the update that we just got from the Cybertruck, low volume production in late 2022, volume production not being until 2023. But then again, we said what's that's going to be volume production. Is is that going to be 50,000 units going to be a hundred thousand units per year, 200,000 units per year. Um, at the moment, Ford is not aiming for more than 160,000 units per year until 2025, so we still ways out. Uh, oh, yeah, there was some very interesting announcements for Lotus this week. Uh, they announced four new electric vehicles coming up, including two uh, SUVs. Uh, so if you're familiar with Lotus, this is not something that you would expect from them. Uh, they uh, they are known for their two, two-door two roadsters, a uh, sports car, uh, hyper car now with the uh, how do you call the the million dollar uh, Hiviera? Uh, I think you call it and uh, uh, Hibija, the here, uh, yeah Hivija. per car but uh if you're uh, if you don't know uh Lotus was bought out by uh, Geely, uh, at least the majority stake so the they have a majority stake and uh um, the same company that owns uh, Volvo now and Polestar and a uh, big stake in Daimler and everything—they're basically taking over the, the, a lot of uh, existing brands. And uh, since they, they acquired them in uh, that was in 2017, if I remember correctly, uh, they indicated that they're gonna have a big uh, electric shift. But uh, we didn't we didn't know that. Uh, then they they announced the Evija, however you pronounce it, uh, two million dollar hypercar. So that was not too hot too much out of the ordinary for lotus uh we thought that they would continue that way maybe like a, a smaller s- s- roadster vehicle type of deal and of course lotus uh used to help tesla make the original roadster so there's a connection there but uh, no uh they uh, unveiled this week their new um, giant headquarters which is going to be in wuhan china they had the ground baking and they're also going to have a giant production facility here that uh uh is going to be good enough to produce um the the revealed uh 150,000 vehicle per year so <laughs> that's uh that's brand new for lotus that's not the kind of capacity that lotus has ever been able to produce uh, i don't even know if there's 150,000 lotus around the world right
1: now accum- accumulatively so yeah it's interesting interesting that they're becoming a a, a chinese brand now they uh you know, yeah. in the headquarters Although it's kind of interesting when you think about lotus, you know, like a lotus flower, that's like you know a big thing in Hong Kong, and the Hong Kong flag yeah. is like a lotus flower. So I guess I guess it kind of makes sense a little bit.
0: Yeah, they they're keeping all the UK operations. And uh, I think the official headquarters in is in the UK. They are calling this one the international headquarters. But if you look at the kind of advancement that is being made here versus what's going on in the UK, it's kind of becoming clear that this is yeah very much becoming a Chinese company, like you said. Uh, so the four vehicle in 2022. So as soon as next year, uh, e segment SUV. So a smaller type SUVs, uh, electric. There's no specs released or anything like that. Uh, 2023, uh, the uh, E-segment four-door coupe. Okay. Um, then 2025, another SUV, a D-segment, so a bigger one. And uh, finally, an electric sports car. So uh, in 2026, so more something that we're used to from Lotus. And uh, the, while they didn't release any particular particular specs for any of those vehicles they, they did talk a little bit about their platform that they're developing for those electric vehicles that they're going to support anything from a c plus to a, a e-segment vehicle uh, using 92 to 120 kilowatt hour packs so these these are going to be high uh, capacity vehicles all on the 800 volt system so uh, fast charging uh, efficient vehicles and zero to a hundred kilometers an hour, sixty two miles per hour, under three seconds. So high performance too. Uh, uh, finally, we didn't discuss something that was announced uh, this week with uh we were at Eurobike. Uh, a new drive by wire, or ride by wire, more accurately, uh drivetrain for electric bicycles. So that was a kind of a very innovative new announcement this week from
1: Shafield. So Schaeffler is uh kind of known for its auto parts and um they have a uh kind of a, a bike partner there as well. Um so uh Heinzman is kind of the the company that is normally known for making bike parts. Uh so together they uh introduced um this system, which is I guess pedal by wire would be a, a, a better way to explain it, maybe um so you're basically pedaling and instead of driving you know a chain or a belt to a, a, a some wheels um this basically is just like a small generator and it's sending electricity to the battery and then you know from the battery it's going to the drivetrain as as you pedal it's like doing a uh, a uh, a torque and cadence sensor of your pedaling and that that kind of drives the wheels so it still feels like you're pedaling and it's Driving the wheels, but in reality, the pedaling is just indicating to the uh, battery control system that you know you you want to go forward, and it sends the appropriate or the you know equivalent amount of power to the wheels. The the systems we tried it out on uh, this week, and Mike is going to have a great video up uh, probably this weekend on it. Um, Were big vehicles. They were like uh, or big bikes, I guess. Um, They were kind of like cargo bikes with like these big wheels. And and, you know, Fred and I and Micah uh, drove one around earlier today, which was a ton of fun. So these these things are huge, but with the electric power assist, it makes them feel you know much like regular bikes. So what's great about this, and and Micah goes into detail in in the post about it, is that you can kind of create new types of bikes with this because you don't have to have the, the, the pedals go directly to the bike. So, you know, for instance, if you have those um, trikes that uh, you're, you're really low on and you have to have the pedals go, you know, through with the chain down and all around to get to the wheels. Mm-hmm. Well, this, this you know, super easy. You just put the pedals wherever you want your feet to be and then you, you run a wire to the, you know, to the battery and you're charging the battery Um so, it, it, it's a pretty interesting system. My biggest surprise for this was that they said they only lost about 5% of the power and efficiency in turning it to electricity and then electricity back into power. So, if, if that's true, that's, that's a pretty small uh, price to pay for the convenience of being able mm-hmm. to put this in pedals wherever your feet are. Um, so, you know, hats off to them. We're going to be keeping an eye on this and seeing uh, if this technology kind of takes off with other makers as well. Yeah. So this is a great comment from, uh, Robin Jones. uh, we were talking about like, how can you have a $25,000 car if you don't have a steering wheel, which means you also have to, you know, have some sort of full self-driving. Well, you know, he's got a great point here. Uh, you paid the $25,000 to buy the car. And then of course you paid the subscription, which Tesla recently introduced, um, you know, like. Uh, Maybe part of that is offset by the Tesla network, uh, you know, driving around. So uh, maybe your full self-driving is free if you let somebody borrow, you know, let Tesla borrow your car for a few hours a day. Uh, that makes sense. That's yeah, a- but then I don't, I don't understand why, why would you pay
0: for the $25,000? What do you pay? Because yeah. without paying a subscription, the, the car is useless. Right? Two hundred, but my point is like I I wouldn't understand if like okay it's a car that you cannot buy but it's just subscription based car like you you just pay I don't know like thousand dollar a month and it's a full self driving car that you can have whenever you want but why make it a twenty five thousand dollar car and then pay a subscription so I I'm just trying trying to think of other products like that where you you have to pay an amount to buy it and then you are absolutely required to pay a subscription monthly to use it because again without a subscription you would not be able to use it if it doesn't have a steering wheel it comes back to not having a steering wheel here like that
1: yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see I don't yeah, think I don't, there's don't. any product like that out there now yeah all right uh Google Ponzi. I wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't get it past Tesla. No, they, could, they could do it. Yeah.
1: Uh, did they fire the guy or I'm assuming woman in charge of... I'm assuming it could be guy or a woman in charge of the referral. Yeah, right. The SQ set is a
0: bit tired, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: Well, some jet lag. Uh, <laughs> since he gave away too many roadsters. Well, uh, it did seem like um, the amount of roadsters uh, did catch Tesla... Off guard at that one point when they they kind of cut the whole program out like immediately and without any fanfare and without any warning. So I would say, yeah, we did report before before
0: they cancelled it. We like we, we started getting a tally of it, like how many it would be, and uh, we we're like, hey, this is starting to be a lot of them. I don't know. I don't know if they even know that. And sure enough, Elon then like that within the next a week or two, he was like, uh, uh, we just realized we have a lot too many of them giving out, so we're gonna shut that down.
1: Yeah, so... uh, Uh, Luke has the same comment as uh,
0: Robin. Yeah, I'm
1: looking for some more caps here. Um, We do apologize for the uh, audio stuff today. Um, We're going to hopefully uh, our audio editor um, can uh, piece it together so it makes sense uh, when we we get back. But there's no other comments um, in caps anyway. All
0: right. Yeah, we do apologize for that for sure. Like if you were watching live, it's probably not the greatest experience. It's, it's because right now we're both uh, in Airbnbs and hotels and, uh, and and working off of the existing uh, Wi-Fi. We have to do what we uh, we can, but it's only going to be for the uh, well the, this week and then the next the next week, though the next week is going to be in Munich. Maybe it's going to be a better experience. We'll see. Um, thanks a lot to, uh, for our sponsor for this, this episode, uh, Electrify America. Uh, make sure to go to electrifyamerica.com to get more information about them. And uh, we're gonna see you same time. Well, uh, I cannot guarantee same time next week, but we're gonna we're gonna try to do something similar uh, next week to uh, work uh, around uh, having it not too late or, or too early, uh, since we are on European time right now. But uh, uh, have a good weekend, everyone. Bye bye.